Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. And joining me is Carl Polson. And Carl, we are early in 2021. And I wanted to ask you, as we kick off our show today, what is something that you've done so far this year that you found has really helped you be more productive? You know, one of the biggest things I've been doing, and it comes from kind of eating that frog first. So right away in the day, I I will schedule, you know, whether it's cold calling, kind of that key critical task. I take care of it first thing I do right when I wake up, just because I feel like it sets your day uh, on a really good path. And it's been, it's been going well so far. So I'm going to stick to it. How about yourself? What, what, what have you been doing? Yeah, I have a number of goals uh, for this year. One of them that I thought has really boosted my productivity actually is how I'm eating. So I've been really trying to eat a lot more healthy, a lot more plant-based, whole grains, um, smaller portions. And I've just found just, I used to, after meals, feel kind of heavy and sluggish, you know, eating um, a lot of heavy foods, a lot of meats, but going more plant-based, I have found um, more energy. Um, After meals, I feel just as good as I do any other time of the day, no sluggishness. So I found it really making a big impact on just on my ability to perform at my best all day long. And so something, I didn't expect it to be that much of an, uh, an impact on my energy level and just my ability to focus. But I found what I've eaten this year as opposed to last has made a big, big difference in just being a little more productive. That is something I'm going to have to try as soon as possible. I might, I might try implementing that tomorrow. So make sure to hold me accountable. And, I will. And I, well, good for you. Yeah, it's a lot of health benefits too, but it'll make you feel. If you ever feel lethargic after a meal, I've just been. I've noticed the difference, and I didn't realize I used to feel lethargic actually either. But in comparison, I'm like, you know, boy, like I can eat a meal and I'm not hungry anymore, and I I feel great. Like I can go out and go out and run if I wanted to. So it's it's been interesting. But we're going to talk about another really important topic today, and that is buying requirements. And boy, Carl, I know you and I have talked about these over the years, and these really do matter, don't they, when it comes to effective selling? Buying requirements are one of those things when I first started in sales, I'd skip right over. I'm like, this is boring. Uh, I'll take care of it at the very end of the sale. Um, It's not going to be a big deal. We'll cover it. I realized that the buying requirements are so key to a successful sale and really are something, those questions can make or break whether you're going to close a deal. Um, and and I think that a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about where buying requirements, where those questions need to be asked um, in the sales process. So I guess, you know, what what are buying requirements to, to start to, to, you know, give our listeners some insight there? Yeah. So when we think about buying requirements, you want to really focus on two areas. And this is incredibly helpful Um, for a variety of reasons to really understand um, early in that sales process. Uh, But the first one is you want to look at the decision process itself. So we want to understand that 
so that we can really effectively position ourselves and make sure we're engaging the right people. So this will include the decision makers. It's going to include, are there people who are not in the decision-making unit, but they influence it? I want to identify who those are. And then also, how is this decision made? I mean, is it made by a board at the end of the month? Is it made by just a few people collaboratively? Um, Is it formal? Is it informal? What does that process look like? Knowing all that helps me know how I can influence it. Now, the other side of buying requirements, there's a decision process, and there's also the decision criteria. So that really encompasses three main areas. First, what are the specific product or service parameters? So what would the right solution look like and why? Second is time frame, right? So when, when do they need this done by? When does that time frame look like? You know, does it align with where we are in the sales process? And then finally, it's financing, right? Is, there, is this an item they're budgeting for? Do they have budget? Do they need to go get budget? What's involved with that? Are there strict budget parameters that you need to be aware of early on so you can craft the right solution or one that you can sell? So identifying that those areas um, are mission critical, and those are really what we're talking about when we look at what are buying requirements. Now, again, I'm going to take myself five years ago when I first started selling, and I would assume that these are these are things that are covered at the very end of the sale. When do you know, when do you want to cover the buying requirement questions with, with potential clients, with prospects? Yeah, and that's an important question because there's salespeople that will do it at the end, like you mentioned you did in the past, and some will do it kind of in the middle, some will sprinkle them throughout, some will do it early on. Um, there's a clear right answer here, and it's that you want to do this early on in your sales process for two primary reasons. Number one, uh, hopefully when I went through what the buying requirements are, that it became pretty obvious to all of our listeners that it'd be nice to know those things early on in the sale so I can navigate them successfully, right? So in other words, if I know that the group of decision makers will be meeting in two and a half months, you know, for three hours to discuss this, and if I can know that, I can say, okay, what when you discuss information like this, how does it normally go? What matters to those involved? And maybe I can even... Um, be able to present to them. So knowing all that, it really helps me navigate the sale. Second is for qualification, right? We want to invest our time in high gain opportunities. And so identifying those buying requirements early in the sales process will help us qualify. So for example, if their budget is nowhere near where it needs to be, and that won't change till next fiscal year, well, then you know you don't want to invest a ton of time knowing you can't sell them anything right now. Or if you know that the time frame they need it in is something you can't do, right? They need this in six weeks and it would be six months before and ready, ready to deploy, for example. You know that's not something you want to pursue. So it can also help a lot with the qualification phase. So in those two areas, it really sets you up for success both using, as a, using it as a way to qualify and a way to say, okay, how do I want to position myself? How do I want to structure my sales process to really align it with their buying process? And I know looking at the research in this specific area, one of the major complaints buyers have when they are surveyed, one of the top things is they say that salespeople don't align 
with their buying process and their buying requirements. And what they're talking about isn't just the way their brains form a buying decision, something we often talk about, but they mean these things. Like my time frame, you know, the way I'm going through this decision, the hurdles I have to jump through at my organization to say yes, salespeople don't often know what they are, or if they do, they don't align with them, meaning they don't come alongside me and help me navigate change. And I know many buyers that I've sold to have told me, you know, I want to do this, but, you know, it's a process to get buy-in and to get a yes from my company. And so they often need help with giving them the right information, providing the right insights, you know, being there to help them be successful. Because I think that's one big thing that salespeople often don't think about is we might be working with a small group of the decision makers, but often there's a number of them that we're not working with as often as we would like, right? That we're going to require those in the organization to sell too. So understanding that process, what matters to each of those decision makers so you can really help support your internal advocates is often the major differentiator in the sale because no one wants to go before a board or his or her colleagues and recommend a solution without being equipped or know what to say when their colleagues or the board ask them questions, right? No one wants to look stupid. If they think there's a chance of that, they're not going to recommend you. So understanding these buying requirements early really help you not only sell effectively, but help your buyer navigate the internal environment that they're in to get that sale for you. And if you do that and your competitors don't, and you're selling the exact same thing, let me tell you who wins almost every time. You do, right? If you can help make your buyer look good to those in their organization as they present your solution, you're going to win. So this is not a minor thing. This is a major factor in successful selling. And David, you know, before I started working with you, I, I would often lose sales because of those buying requirements, because I didn't cover them early. And let me tell you, my personal success, as well as the success that I've delivered to companies selling, transformed once I started addressing these questions early in the sale. My stress as a salesperson went way down because I was spending my time with the right people. And better yet, I knew that when I was on the phone with those prospects, I was asking those key questions that made the best use of my time and made the best use of the prospect's time. Because um, what you can often find too is maybe the prospect doesn't you know, when you ask some of these questions, maybe they don't know exactly what that, you know, decision process looks like. That's something you need to know. Um, you, that's something that's going to, you know, go into your qualification and getting that timeline or really getting a good sense of their budget early on right away. Game changer. Now for our listeners, you know, here comes kind of the key of our episode today, but what are some examples of how you can ask those buying requirement questions, questions that oftentimes, if you don't ask them right, could sound kind of intrusive about, you know, finance, timelines, decision process. What are some examples of how you can ask those questions early on in the sale, you know, on your first call, when you're, when you're cold calling, uh, when you're first talking to these prospects? Yeah, it's a great, very important question as well. So a couple key things, and then I'll give some examples. Um, number one is you don't want to lead with these questions, Right. Uh, these are questions you want to earn the right to ask. So in other words, you want to start to talk about their problem, their issue, 
the motivation for them to talk to you. And then you want to talk a little bit about yourself. And so at least you're piquing their interest. Now you're kind of in a beautiful position to ask some of these more logistical questions that they will often, not always, but often know the answers to, but really help you navigate the sale and set everyone involved up for success. So in other words, don't lean with them. Start by really focusing on the problem, the value you can offer, create, pique their curiosity. What you're going to find then after you do that, then you can end like your first call with these kind of things, um, these kind of conversations, because you're going to get a much more receptive and open buyer who will disclose this information very, very freely to you. So what this can sound like is a variety of things. So let's talk about the decision makers. So besides yourself, uh, questions like who else is involved in this decision, right? And so understanding that, or if let's say they're potentially influencers as well. Now, in addition to those in, in who will be making this decision, is there anyone else in your organization who will be weighing in on it or whose feedback you'd want to get? Oh yeah, we want to bring in our HR person or our IT person or whomever it may be. So identifying who those people are and what matters to them. Oftentimes, you're going to find within a buying unit, influencers and decision makers, there's going to be radically different priorities, right? You might have uh, the person, your primary decision maker or decision makers, they want something because it'll help them decrease costs or improve revenue. And you're talking, let's say, to the IT person who's an influencer, who's going to influence which vendor is chosen, if any at all. And that individual might be thinking about how easy is this to implement? How much of my time, right? And so the motivations for those in this unit could be radically different, but understanding who matters. Because I want to address everyone's concerns because if I get everyone to buy in, I earn that sale. So that sets me up for success. And then how the decision is made, simple questions like, in the past when your organization considers something like this, what is the process you normally go through, right? And just unpacking that for them. Or if they say, um, you know, this is the first time we really don't have any formal process at all, that's great. Now I can influence that, right? That tells me, can I give them some insights with saying things like a lot of organizations in your position that we've worked with, really when they're considering this, this thing, they usually look at it in three phases or they really usually focus on three main questions or whatever it may be, right? Now I can inject what an advantage I have if I'm able to influence how they're making the decision versus my competitor who saves these questions for the end of the sale. Guess who's going to win that? Uh, this guy is, right? I am, right? I get, I get an unfair advantage. So it's relatively easy once you know what you want to ask, creating the questions. When you go to the decision criteria, you know, product or service parameters, it can be things like when you've talked about this issue internally, have you identified any specifics yet on what you're going to need in the right solution? They might say, absolutely. Uh, we knew we need this and this, but we want to hear what you have to say too. And then I can unpack that and uh, influence it and align how I sell with it. Or if they go, you know what, we're just kind of in the very beginning stages. Great. Now I can provide some insight, frame it with social proof, showing them how a lot of people in their position look at these things. Again, weighs the, uh, the scale in my favor. Time frame. We mentioned that. Uh, asking about that. You know, have you given any thought to when you would need this solution implemented by? 
oh, in the next few months, or hey, we need it for sure by August 12th. Okay, I want to find out what's going on on August 12th. Can I meet that, right? And, and talk about that. So that can actually help me create urgency as well. If they have hard timelines, it's not just, okay, now I know what the timeline is, but okay, if that's the case, you know, I can, it can help me spur them along. So to ensure we meet that timeline, uh, let's talk about what needs to happen and kind of some benchmarks and dates for that. So it can really help me create urgency as well. And then finances, the last and a very important thing we want to do with buying requirements. And that is, have, have you set aside budget for this project? If yes, finding out what is the, what is that? If no, if you were, you know, finding the right solution and you did want to move forward with someone, what does that look like internally? How, how do you, how do you get funding? Well, I would need to go to this and this and that. And what would you need for that? What kind of questions would they ask? Well, they would want to know this. I mean, all this information is incredibly impactful because you've got to look at a complex sale as not only do I need to sell the decision-making unit, but if they have to go get approval, if they have to go get budget for this purchase, I need to equip them so that they have the confidence to go, right, and put their reputation on the line internally in their company and, and fight for this. So I want to equip them. And if I can give them that confidence, I'm going to win. So those are just some examples of how you could ask those questions. But once you know what you're asking about, right, I want to know about the decision process, decision, who's involved in it, who are the influencers, how does that process get made? For the criteria, I want to know product or service parameters, timeframe, finances. Once I know what those are, then you can kind of think through and craft those questions like I did here on the fly, right? I'm not reading them. I just say them because I know what I want to ask. And so as you think through this and practice it on your own a little bit, you're fine when you use this on a call. Once you kind of know what you want and you've practiced saying them so they sound natural, uh, it's going to flow out of you very easily. And as we've both mentioned, Carl, boy, knowing this information early in the sales process really sets you up and gives you an unfair advantage over your competitors who hopefully are asking for this later in the sales process when they get close to the close, because that sets you up for a tremendous amount of success. If I could go back in time and... and <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. yeah. If I could go back in time, I would give myself this podcast episode and say, listen to this 20 times a day, because this is going to be so key. The questions don't, you're right. They don't have to be complex. They don't have to be, to be the most complex questions in the world. Mm-mm. What you'll find is they're extremely impactful questions. And they're questions that buyers are generally very comfortable with answering because those are key things and makes them think a little bit. And and David, I think you've given some great insight in, in, into the buying requirements for our listeners today. Uh, we have been see, receiving a lot of downloads growing left and right. So please share this podcast episode, uh, you know, however you like, please, you know, tweet at us, um, visit hoffeldgroup.com. And David, until next time, uh, I hope you have a great Uh, rest of your week and stay warm. Yeah, you too, Carl. Thanks so much. 